After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Down the Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me on tonight's episode, your floor plan will include Brian Fonseca. You could follow him at Brian Fonseca and Y on Twitter. We come to you directly following the Miami Heat's embarrassing loss to the Chicago Bulls at home. They had won four straight. Uh, we're coming home looking to catapult themselves uh, at home into an even longer winning streak that could maybe move them up in the standings. And instead, uh, in Miami Heat fashion, as it relates to this season, they fell flat on their face. So <laughs> we are going to dive into that, um, talk a little bit about the game itself. Also want to talk a little bit about how I think we need to be careful to not be overreactionary to these moments, high or low, because we're seeing this over and over again throughout the league. And, and we'll touch a little bit on that. Um, and then maybe do a little bit of looking ahead. But before we start, want to give a major shout out to a uh, great sponsor of Five Reasons Sports Network, and particularly our post-game shows, and that's A Aggressive Insurance. Uh, Lynette, who's a, a tremendous friend of the program, uh, she heads up this insurance broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto, homeowners, condo, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to all their clients. They represent the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, there's no problem. No drivers refused. Free phone quotes. Go to the website insurancebylanette.com. That's with two N's, two T's, insurancebylanette.com. She's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's A Aggressive Insurance, the official sponsor of Five on the Floor Live. Uh, this is not Five on the Floor Live because Hangover Time from Miami Heat Beat is taking over the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. So it is Brian and I doing a quick Five on the Floor podcast. But Brian, 113-103. Yes. Jimmy didn't play. So, I mean, I guess like that's going to immediately be how we crank up somewhat of the excuse machine. But um, initial takeaways of a game that I thought the Heat still could have got that if you really want to continue to separate yourself in the Eastern Conference, it's a game that uh, when you start a homestand, it would have been nice to get. Uh, Indiana, which will not be necessarily so easy, comes next. Uh, initial takeaways from this Chicago game in particular um, as you look at the loss for the Heat. Good first half. Fun first half. <laughs> uh, uh, fun second quarter in particular. You know, I, I was intrigued by the starting lineup because I don't think that's something uh, that we expected. And that's something worth 
discussing for like a minute or two. Just the fact that Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero starting together, I had my curiosities as to how that looked, and it looked good for a half. And then in that third quarter, it was not a third quarter, it was a third quarter for this team, uh, did not look good at all. And then just some other things like I, I, what I don't want to see necessarily is, and I understand you're thin, but Tyler Hero, 42 minutes on the first game off of a four game road trip. Uh, Victor Oladipo played 34 minutes, which is more than I expected him to be playing at this stage. Understood why, but that's a lot. Haywood Highsmith at 41 minutes. <laughs> you know that's something that like i did feel like i, I saw a lot of uh, haywood highsmith out there bam had his 37 and max Strus, we'll get into him in a couple minutes had 29 duncan robinson 36 off the bench worth noting uh nobody else outside of those six guys played more than 10 minutes and the 10 came from guess who dwayne deadman which a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes at uh at this point no disrespect to dwayne deadman intended but like you know this is just how people in this fan base have told you and i that they feel what i would say about this game in particular is like i don't get caught up in just one game sample sizes even at this point in the year because it's still like Believe it or not, we're still in the first half of the season. And you can really burn yourself out just doing the game by game. You know, this, there's a reason why Ethan doesn't host all of these. You know what I mean? The fact that he's at some of the games, but there's a reason why Greg will take a night off here and there. You know, Ethan, et cetera, et cetera. Like, this shit will burn you out if you're going to just overanalyze game by game sample sizes, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, Greg, what you would have wanted to see is them extend this winning streak and they did not do that when the opportunity felt like it was there. But I will say that it's difficult to do when Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Caleb Martin aren't there. And that's three of your five best players this season so far. So it's just very, it's, it's just a tall, a tall ask. And the the last thing on this particular instance is you're looking around at the standings and you just you guys just did a series of uh, podcasts about like, you know, teams that can catch them and, you know, who they can lap and things of that nature. And winning games like this would help when you're looking around at teams like the Knicks and Nets going out there and putting together these win streaks. Now, they're healthier, but this is why, you know, the standings race is going to be it's going to be tight all season long. So get ready for that. Yeah, that's what that's what gets concerning because like we just did a a show about sellers in the Eastern Conference and we talked a lot about Chicago, and then Chicago comes in and thumps Miami and then it's like well maybe Miami should be the sellers that we talk about, <laughs> um but again I don't want to overreact but like I guess it's just that's like a microcosm of kind of what you see throughout the entire league of that any team with a good week can all of a sudden feel like they got life again. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's just the NBA reality that maybe we're not used to as much. You're starting like to see the parody is just unparalleled. And to me, like, I think that that is going to be a situation where it'll be interesting to see which teams think they have a shot and actually go for it. And which teams um, punt on the season, because like even Chicago, as much as like we kind of talked about them being sellers, you look at the standings right now. And I mean, like. They're what they're 
three, two games back in the loss column of Miami. So like if, if, yeah. if they're thinking about selling, then it's not crazy to, to include Miami in that conversation. And we didn't the other night because we felt like they're going in different directions. Uh, I'll quickly, I want to add to the Oladipo hero minutes to start. Um, I was intrigued as well. It's not a starting backcourt that can win a championship, in my opinion. I don't think anyone ever thought it would be necessarily. But to your point about the minutes, I think that this is a reoccurring theme with this team is that Spolstra on any given night, because he doesn't have every um, every bit of ammunition, he can't trust guys. And so you're seeing it re- reflected in the minutes. And when also you're kind of behind the eight ball to get victories and to get back in the standings, you don't have room for error. So you end up just tightening the rotation. And to me, like that is going to eventually catch up with this team. Um, and it's something that I just, I think that they can run from it and they can defer and defer and defer it down, kick the can down the road with guys playing extended minutes. Eventually it's going to catch up. Um, Brian, let's talk about one of the few positives, Bam Adebayo, because he played well. I know Vooch, played well as Vucho has played well against the heat. That's just been a given, but at least uh, when you're talking about Bam Adebayo out there, he looked like he was um, as comfortable as we've seen him in quite some time. Um, the heat were out rebounded, but it was not due to Bam. Bam obviously showed up there. Uh, what was your takeaways from Bam Adebayo's performance tonight? You know, I just enjoy like everything he does. And especially when he has confidence in his mid-range jumper, which we saw tonight, um, we saw him turn and face and just lock in eyes with the rim. Look at how far Vucevic was off of him and then just pull up and take that jumper. He was feeling it tonight. He was 12 for 15 <laughs> and it felt like he actually had more than 27 points. I was surprised that he only had 27. I felt like he had a 30 piece. Um, with 12 rebounds and six assists and you, you started to see because of their, you know, they didn't have Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup. They didn't have Jimmy Butler either. Bam was able to play make again, dip into that more and only had three turnovers. So he had a two to one assist turnover ratio. Good for him. Um, look, he's just been great this year. He, to me, is their only all-star. And I think he's going to, you know, he's going to get in, hopefully, for his sake, because it's it would just be weird if we're looking at what Bam's done these last four seasons in particular and him having just one all-star game to show for it and it being statistically his weakest season uh, of the four even though it was a season that he emerged in 2019-2020 as a most improved player candidate somebody I thought should have won the award instead of Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram was a second overall pick but that's neither here nor there Bam's been great and it's magnified how great he's been because of what's behind him is Dwayne Dedman's backup minutes not gonna harp on this done enough to him already uh, Orlando Robinson is super raw and can't see the floor. And then Nikola Jovic, who I think should be on the floor, but I think he's a four that plays next to Bam, not really a backup five. Uh, you might have to play him at backup five because of the construction of the roster. But, you know, to your point, Bam, more than probably anybody else on this team, has had to step it up and do so much more because, it, it, you know, what's what's the Pat Riley philosophy of verbatim? Is it you know, play eight, trust seven, something along those lines. Yeah, like what, what, basically. That's what, uh-huh. Yeah, and right now, that they're kind of playing seven and trusting six 
that's pushing it. That's what and I mean. And like, what, what you really want is playing nine and trusting eight or playing right. 10 and trusting nine. You wanted to, because right. last year, that's kind of what it was for most of the season. They were deeper. Um, you know, they had more guys who were trustworthy. You weren't as nervous about the Dwayne Dedman minutes because you had other guys like Caleb Martin was in the bench unit. And that's something that made you feel good. You know, Tyler Hero was coming off the bench. He was six man of the year. Now these guys are being forced to, you know, step up and bam, chief among them has had to overcompensate for so much. And I just think that, and, I, and I've said this, this is why I don't think Bam should be averaging 25 points a game. Because if you're going to do all you do defensively and then carry the offense on a nightly basis, you're going to wear down, especially if you switch that much. It's just not going to be humanly possible for you to do all those things 38 minutes a night. And you could look up and say, hey, but this is what fours and fives elite bigs did in 2003, 2004. And I would say to you, one, the pace was a lot different back then. <laughs> yeah, right. And I love that era of basketball. I would say the pace was a lot different back then. And two, I would also say, look, man, uh, there's going to be studies on this, and there have been already, and there's going to be more about these kids who just played a lot of AAU coming up, high-level AAU coming up. Uh, that's something that's been a thing, but that's something that, like, I think, you know, we're seeing play out now where, like, guys are sitting more and they're still getting hurt. And it doesn't matter, Right. So, like, I feel like guys are more injury-prone almost now than before. It's either that or they just don't play through shit. I don't know what it is. But basically, the point is that with Bam Adebayo, it's very difficult. Like, he 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 shouldn't have to do this every night for them to be competitive. And if he has to, that means the team is just real thin. And that can't survive that way. You know, um, NBA teams are practicing uh, as little as ever. And I've heard a couple people um, yeah. throughout the league say that um, as much as players probably don't want to hear it and there's even a certain uh faction of the of nba twitter will say nba media that doesn't really want to hear this but they think that maybe the soft tissue injuries are because they're not necessarily practicing enough they're not going through the motions enough mm -hmm. and i think that that's an interesting spin that not everyone would agree with um but it's hard to deny when you see so many people injured across the league um, and Bam Adebayo obviously has been uh, one of the healthier dudes, but to your point, like for him to have to continue to put this up and have to only have six guys that they can really rely upon, it's not a performance solution that I think is going to work long-term. They need more depth. So the ODM performance solution of the night is Jimmy <laughs> Butler needs to be back, and they probably need to get another couple rotation players ODM PSI. It's another sponsor of the five reasons sports network and team building is hard. Just ask the city of Chicago. They just built that team. And now they're wondering whether they need to strip it down again. ODM performance solutions can help you build a winning team and keep it together. You're looking to fill an important role of your company. ODM performance solutions can help find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support. To find out more, check out odmpsi.com. Give them a call at 954-434-0634. Again, that's ODM performance solutions, odmpsi.com. Dot com nine five four four three four zero six three four. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, 
How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. So, um... I don't really know where to go from here because like as much as I think heat fans in general, probably really upset by this loss, they had one four straight. They're not going to just keep winning in perpetuity. So I figure they're going to lose one. Eventually I would have liked to get the first home win. Jimmy then sits Kyle sits. So your quarterbacks are kind of sitting. So I can kind of talk myself out off the ledge on this one. Um, I do have one question though. Yeah, yeah, hit me. Hit me. I, I think there's one there's one thing very much worth talking about here, and that's this dynamic between the shooters, uh, Max Schurz and Duncan Robinson. And uh, I don't know if the tables are turning. Duncan Robinson wasn't amazing, but he did hit four threes, and Max Schurz hit one. And Max Schurz has been on a whatever the opposite of a tear is. Yeah, what um, is wrong with dude, man? It's crazy. Yeah, like he he he's putting them up. Not as much as he normally would, uh, but he's putting them up. And, you know, I just checked over the last nine games before this contest. He had been hitting 25% from three over the last nine games on seven attempts per game, which is about what you would want. You would want in terms of attempts, not the mix, right? You He he needs to be a 40% shooter. Has to be. To stay in the league because that's his function. He's not going to kill you off the dribble. He'll try defensively, but he's never going to be peak Victor Oladipo, for example, or even current Victor Oladipo, who's been quite good defensively for the most part, you know, since he's come back from injury. He's not that. So if he is going to stick in the league, same thing with Duncan Robinson, if they're going to stick in the league, they need to be shooting around 40% from three in order for teams to justify to continue having them on their rosters, having them in their rotations, paying them. And yes, I say teams because like, I don't expect them to be, you know, members of the heat forever. We already know one of those guys is probably not going to be here beyond the season. And the other one may not either because he's a free agent and Max Schroes, you know, if you look at, if you're, if you're just box score watching, which I typically don't, but if you're just box score watching and you're looking at his points for the season and you're saying like, you know, he's actually averaging three more points than last year. That should be good. But when you observe the process, when you observe how much he's struggling, when you observe that some of these shots, and this is something that we talked about with Duncan Robinson last year, it's not just the misses. Some of these clanks would be like violent, would abuse the backboard, mm-hmm. would, would like make these thudding sounds as, as if you're kicking a soccer ball. You know what I mean? And they're hitting like the side and they're not yeah. hitting the rim at all. And it's like, it's just like, you know, peeling off screens and you're looking at it go up and you're just not as confident uh, as you were in him last year. And he was more confident last year, it appears, because like, I mean, you know, 
shooters go into slumps all the time. You know, I watch baseball and guys will slump for an entire month. The difference is there's 162 games. Right. Uh, If you slump for a month in basketball, that's like 20% of your season, just about damn near. So the Max Drews thing, he has to get a little less than 20%, but whatever. The Max Drews thing, he has to get it going because, like, I think we could see, like, we, we we started seeing this on the road trip, really, this Duncan Robinson resurgence, perhaps. And Max Drews is playing for a contract. A contract similar, he probably wants what Duncan Robinson has in terms of just contract, right? If you're an undrafted, go get it. (laughs) Yeah, he's not gonna. And then you know, there's questions about Gabe Vincent too in that regard, but he didn't play today, so we're not going to talk about him. But look, man, the Max Schroes thing is interesting because I wonder if they're going to get to a point where it completely flips and Duncan becomes a shooter in that lineup because I don't think unless they're both firing on all cylinders, which for whatever reason, hasn't happened for a sustainable period, they're not both going to play a ton. It's kind of going to be one or the other for most of the time, for like 75% of the minutes yeah. that that could be afforded to them. Um, ideally, you'd want both of those guys firing on cylinders, but could you see a scenario where it flips to, to Duncan, where the arrow points back to him? I mean, at this point, you'd have to say yes, because Max has been so inconsistent. I mean... He has been in a really in one of those kind of struggles where you say, oh, no, like because uh, we've seen Duncan go through it. So like to the point of a Heat fan that's having PTSD yeah, a little bit. Right. And and to that point, I think that you can rest easy in knowing that the Heat aren't likely to make the same mistake twice in handing out a 90 million dollar contract to a specialist of his kind. But you also, by the same token, need one of those guys to shoot well. Like people have asked me um, on other shows or just offhand, like, what is the biggest deal with the Heat this year? And like sometimes my answer, my answer changes every day, but some days my answer is the bench just ain't shooting as well as the bench was shooting last year. And like that has a lot to do with some of these guys we're discussing. And um, when all of them are not hitting well uh, and Duncan Robinson tonight obviously played better, but I just think holistically, we can't say he's shooting better. Um, I mean, Max Struess had six assists, zero turnovers, and he's not getting applauded for any of that playmaking because we need him to make shots. So um, it's just an interesting dynamic. I could see it flip because they need a shooter in the lineup. And the other thing that I think is a little in this game in particular, there were a couple opportunities for Tyler Hero to catch and shoot um, and, and make big ones earlier in the game, actually. And they didn't Mm -hmm. drop and they're just, you know, a couple attempts early in a game, but those are the type of attempts that with this starting lineup, even with Jimmy out, even with Kyle out, they need Tyler to be on his catch and shoot game. And, and that wasn't quite there as well, uh, at least to start. So you need the shooters to shoot and it's not happening yet. Uh, I took, uh, the over on bam, um, on prize picks. I think that the points ended up, I'm trying to pull it up here now. I think it was at 20.5. Bear with me. It was at yeah, 21.5 and, yeah. uh, took the over there and that was good. Uh, Jimmy didn't play. Um, so that one got canceled out and I took the over on Zach Levine at 22 and a half points. If you don't know what I'm talking about yet, I am talking about prize picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. You choose your favorite players, choose your favorite stats, choose over or under each statistical prop. 
And then you basically watch the games and see if you win. The more players you choose correctly on the same card, you can win up to 10 times your money. But here's the key. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. That'll get your initial deposit matched up to $100. You need to use that code 5. That'll get you started. You'll get your initial deposit matched. They're doing a lot of cool stuff around the holidays with different uh um, promotions and stuff like that. Use the desktop version or the app. But again, that's prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE. All right, let's close this out. They got Indy next. Um, I'm going to quickly run through the schedule just so we get a little bit of like, let's just look ahead to this week. Um, just between now and, and basically a week from now, they got Indy. They got two days off, and then they got Indy. Hmm. And they got two days off, and then they got Minnesota, and then they play the Lakers. Three winnable games, two days rest. Usually, like, players play well. Kyle, Jimmy, those guys play well. But they got to get this one against Indy. I feel like two home losses to start this homestand is going to be really backbreaking. Um Biggest key to look ahead to Indiana, in your opinion, is is it easy? Is it as easy as just Jimmy Butler got to play? <laughs> it could be because he tends to be great on two days rest, and he's he will have had longer than that because he didn't play tonight. Uh, worth noting that Indiana plays at Boston on Wednesday, Good so call. they're going to fly from Boston to Miami. And they're going to be playing uh, Friday night in Miami. So, and look, this is important because as well as the Heat did in taking care of business on the road, they beat the Pacers who are, you know, a tough team. And I I feel like they're going to, you know, maybe they won't make the playoffs after all. Maybe they'll challenge for the play in all year, but they're not as bad as we thought they were going to be heading into the season. Like Benedict Matherin, who I loved going into the draft, I didn't think he was going to do this right away. I thought we'd see this in maybe a couple of years. <laughs> and he's been really good. Um, And that's really to say, like, you have to take care of business at home now because they did well on the road, but they did beat, you know, OKC, Houston, and the Spurs. Now at home, you have the Bulls and you lost that one. You have Indiana, Minnesota, and the Lakers, three winnable games, win at least two of them. And here's why, because immediately after that, you have a five-game road trip. And those games, they're not very easy. Denver is a very tough offense. Um, we know what happened last time they were up in Denver, so that should be interesting. Uh, the day after, they're going to be in Utah for New Year's Eve, which is uh, very unfortunate for them. I want to um, be off that night. <laughs> very unfortunate for them that they have to be in Utah um, New Year's Eve, but it is what it is. Two days later, they're in Los Angeles playing the Clippers. And then two days after that, they play at the Lakers. So they're going to be in LA for a period of time. We don't know who's going to play in that Clippers game because when you look at their injury report, it's disgusting. You like, it's just like 10 guys questionable. Eight of them don't play. They play seven guys. Sometimes they still play. All right. But you just don't know. And the Lakers, I mean, you know, they're not going to have Anthony Davis at minimum. And then that road trip ends in Phoenix, which is not going to be an easy game. And the Heat did beat them last time. We remember it was very memorable how they did that with the Jimmy Butler stop at the end, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you're going to beat Phoenix twice. So, you know, you have to take care of business at home because this road trip is going to be tough. Ideally, you'd want to see them get two out of three at home. 
and then, you know, get two to three, you know, two or three on the road trip, but then you're still looking at just being 500. And ultimately I'll dismount here. If this is a good team, you'll see them start to win games that they shouldn't, but they, so far they're a 500 team because they've been playing like a 500 key, the 500 team. They win some here. They lose some here. They beat teams. They shouldn't. They lose the teams they shouldn't lose to. They beat teams they should. They lose the teams they should. Like, it's, you know, it's all over the place. 16 to 16, you are what your record says you are at this point, honestly. It's so damn true. Like, eventually, they're going to have to buck that trend, and it's gonna. it may need to start on the road. But to your point, like, um, if you don't take care of the home floor and you don't get these games you're supposed to get, you leave the margin for error, which with this team is already – so slim you mm-hmm. leave it to the point where you can't make any mistakes and we know that they are going to inevitably make mistakes so that's the only thing as we close tonight i'll say is that it's a little disconcerting for them not to get this game when you just start to know that um that the margin for error is slimmer and slimmer and you're about to go on the road and it's going to get tougher brian uh you one more look thing like you got one more one more final thought to sneak in here let's do it for people who are anxiously awaiting January 15th. (laughs) There are, if you want to start a countdown, you can do that. There are 12 more games until January 15th. Okay. Five of those are on the road, the the five game road trip, but there are 12 more games until a certain couple contracts around the league are trade eligible. Then we should start to see, uh, Maybe hear some noise, Greg. What do you think? What do you think about that? Are you excited about January 15th? <laughs> I am because I do think that even if it's swapping deck chairs on the Titanic, there's going to be moves to be made come January 15th leading up to the trade deadline. So uh, that is a date to definitely watch. I like that you teed us up with the 12 games because now we can kind of track that. I would say if the Heat are hovering around 500 and anywhere near this play in to six seed range, um, they're going to look to try to be um, aggressive in, in, in solidifying themselves. But uh, the more I hear about their draft picks, the less I think that they're going to just relinquish them very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch, but I think there's still other moves to be made. But Brian, that's a pod for an off day, and we need you <laughs> on an off day pod. We got to go deep dive yes, on one of these topics, so we're going to make sure to get that in the queue. Thank you for joining us. Uh, again, this is Five on the Floor coming to you directly after the Bulls Heat game uh, where the Heat did lose. Um, again, check out the uh, post-game show on Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Hangover time from Miami Heat Beat is taking over the channel tonight. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network.